0: very quickly I became okay with being up in front of a room full of people and I think one of the main things I had to learn was you don't always know the answers and that's okay you know you're not there to fix someone's life completely you're just there to hold space for them and hope that maybe something you say or help them with resonates and can be a benefit to their life in some way.
1: Welcome back to Work in Progress podcast with Dana and Angela. If you want to change careers or want to be inspired by real career change journeys, this is the right podcast for you. We learn the strategies of those who successfully switch careers, and we share them with you in our shows. Today's guest is Lucy Bloom. Lucy Bloom is a yoga instructor based in Ireland who transitioned away from her makeup artist career when she realized that she was really unhappy with the long working hours and the stressful lifestyle. She started doing yoga as a way to manage her stress level, and as she got more advanced, she decided to fly to India and get a yoga instructor certification. At the same time, a car accident on a rainy early morning commute to the film set made her realize that this is not something she wanted to continue pursuing. She then decreased her work hours doing makeup and started teaching yoga. Today, she teaches yoga and co-owns a yoga retreat with her good friend Alice. I can tell how at ease and in peace she feels with her new venture. I enjoy talking to her so much because I do yoga regularly and I felt really drawn to her peaceful energy and I really love learning how changing career can put you in such a positive mindset. I hope this story inspires you just like it did to me. Without further ado, here's Lucy Bloom's work, work in progress story. Thank you Lucy Bloom for joining us today. We're very excited to have you here. Today we want to talk to you primarily about the past jobs that you've had. Um, I know that you were once a makeup artist and now you're a yoga instructor which I think is so cool. I For, for a while I won't, thought about being a yoga instructor. I thought about going to India and getting all the certification and you know getting all the teaching and stuff so I will have a lot of questions for you today but Um, Before we jump into that, I want to kind of learn what your career path was. So do you mind telling me, you know, from the beginning what you did and um, and we'll go
0: from there? Sure. Um, So, well, I left school um, when I was 18 and I went to university. I I went to a really good university in Ireland, Trinity College, Mm -hmm. and I ended up there for a year doing languages before dropping out. And I, I just hated it. Mm. Not academic, I'm quite a visual learner um, and far more creative than academic. Mm. So I, I moved to London when I was 19. Um and I ended up staying there for probably the best part of a decade. Um and I became a makeup artist. Um after after doing a short diploma in photography, I then got into makeup. Um, and I trained as a makeup artist and then I started working. I kind of worked initially with various makeup brands, working mm-hmm. on character and retail. And after a few years, I became. Um, I, I kind of went out on my own a bit more. I went freelance. I started doing more um, shoots, like editorial shoots, fashion mm-hmm. shows, videos, um, all that kind of stuff. So it was I was very much in the fashion world. Mm-hmm. Um, of makeup for a long time and I really did enjoy that that's that's where I felt most comfortable as a makeup artist and um, and after a while I ended up moving back to Ireland and there's no real fashion industry in Ireland in comparison to London
1: mm-hmm.
0: so but there's a huge film industry here so I decided to just try my hand at film makeup which is a totally different profession altogether oh. um, so there's there's a lot of huge American TV shows which are filmed over here, and um, as well as there's always movies coming in and stuff. So there was always work, and um, and I did that for about four years, and um, I, I I just I never felt as comfortable doing that work. Mm-hmm. I was so used to being given a brief and just being creative, whereas when you're working on film, it's very specific, and. Um, and the dynamic on a film set is is very different as well um, so i kind of I, I knew I kind of just never felt like at home, I suppose, in that profession um, as opposed to when I was doing fashion makeup um, but I never it never um, killed my love for the creative the creative side of it and I learned a lot of new skills. it just wasn't really for me and mm. um, and I was practicing yoga, I suppose, the whole time. Um, the main reason I left London was just because of stress, anxiety, depression. It's just a very difficult city to live in. And that's kind of the reason I started practicing yoga. Mm-hmm. If you practice yoga yourself, you probably know the benefits, the never-ending benefits. Um, and I suppose when I moved home, I, my mental health really started to improve with the more and more I practiced. But I still didn't like this job I was in. I still didn't like being on film sets for 15, 16 hours a day. And the whole time okay. I could think of was, I could be practicing right now. I could be doing yoga. I could be learning more. It was just, it, it, my passion shifted. Um, I just feel like there was something more um, that yoga had to offer me. Um, and I was working on a film. Um, for I think about six weeks, and I started teaching the cast and crew yoga t- during our lunch break. How cool! I like that. It was cool, and the producer said to me, "I wasn't a teacher at this stage. I just had a pretty strong practice." And the producer said to me, "You need to do this. You know, you know that's your calling." I think mm. With the money I made from that movie, I went to India, and I became a yoga teacher. Okay. And yeah, I've kind of been doing it ever since. I did the <laughs> two careers um, at the same time for a good while. Um, and then I just kind of managed to phase out the film work and just allow yoga to be my full time job. OK, I see.
1: So um, when when you were doing makeup for the film industry, what was what was your day like? Was it stressful? You said it was long hours.
0: Yeah, it was. So usually makeup department is usually one of the first departments on set. Mm. Uh, So usually my call times would be anywhere between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. Never really any later than that. And we're talking, the film studios are kind of down um, in the middle of nowhere. So you're talking about an hour's drive each way as well. So, wow. if it's a four thirty call time, you have to be on the road by three thirty in order to make that call. And usually earlier, I'm really precious about timing. Mm-hmm. I can't be late for anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was just like you—you you get there, you you get whoever you were getting ready, um, and then you go on set. Um, and it's a lot of waiting around. Um, it's a lot. There's a huge hierarchy, so there's a lot of Feeling small, <laughs> and there's a <sighs> lot of egos floating around. And for me, I was trying to. I was very deep in a yoga practice that was really just teaching the art of letting go of ego, and um, and it was just this huge dichotomy of these two lives I was living, and I, I, I just I couldn't bear it. Like it just wasn't for me. I, I, I never felt comfortable, and. Um, with the hierarchy and with the way people, some people spoke to you, and um, so you'd be you'd be in there all day, and then whenever they finished shooting, you'd have to um, you'd have to clean off what's called clean off. Mm-hmm. So clean off whoever it was you've been looking after all day, just make sure they were okay to go home. And a lot of the time, if it was a really involved makeup with a lot of prosthetics or um, you know just something that was going to take a while to clean. You could be there for another hour. And then, of course, you got your hour drive home. So by the time you got home, first of all, you were exhausted. And second of all, all you wanted to do was just fall into bed because you usually had to be up again the next day at four. So it was tiring and it, it really sucked the life out of me, to be honest.
1: <laughs> mm, I see. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's, it, that's very hard to imagine. My yeah. job is pretty, you know, 40 hour a week, very yeah. set hours I can come in earlier I can stay late if I want to but it's nothing like 3 a.m 4 a.m or even 6 a.m really I, I get into work at around you know the normal hours eight to nine so that is really really hard to imagine and being on top of that um I guess it, it sounds like there is a lot of stability instability um
0: for me, I mean some people live for that job and they just mm. they love it, but that just was never me. And it's very hard to pretend that you love it when you're when it's it take it's taking so much of your time from what you do love. And also I did feel a little guilty because it's such a hard industry to crack into. And I loved all the people I worked with so much, all the girls on my team, mainly women. Sorry, there were some guys. Um mm all of the people on my team were just wonderful and I made some lifelong friends there. But I mean, for me, you know, the whole time I was there, I was just thinking, I don't want to be here. And that's not fair on someone who has a true passion for that calling. And I just knew it wasn't mine. I see. Mm.
1: That makes perfect sense. So I had no idea that's what it was like to do makeup. I actually dreamed about doing makeup when I was younger as well. And I would I mean I didn't and never really took the time to find out all the you know what what a day is like for a makeup artist and I certainly didn't think about there could be differences between doing makeup for like fashion and also for the film industry so that is a tough job I think.
0: Yeah and it's um yeah it's quite demanding and Mm -hmm. you need to have a lot of skill and also you know, you're touching people's faces. It's very mm. intimate. You, there has to be a level of trust there, mm. and you know, it, it. You know, you do get to know whoever you're working with quite well, mm-hmm. because if you're spending time every morning getting them ready. You're keeping, you're looking after them all day, and then you're you're cleaning them up in the evening to go home. And mm-hmm. um, you know, that person needs to trust you and feel comfortable. Um, yeah, it's it's a hard job, and um, that those hours, like. You just, you really have to have a burning desire to do it, I think, in order to put up with the absolutely outrageous conditions that they have people working in the film industry. I just couldn't, I could never get on board with that. I just didn't think it was fair for people to be working so such long hours Mm -hmm. and expect them to be working to the best of their ability. It's just, it's not conducive to human nature. I don't think it's sustainable at all.
1: Mm, Yeah. And when... So when you were uh, working on the set, did you only have one or two people that you had to put makeup on or?
0: It depends. It mm-hmm. depends on the production you're working on. Sometimes you'd have a whole crowd of people. Sometimes you would be just looking after one particular person. I it see. would just depend on the production. Um, it changed from job to job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got mm-hmm.
1: it. Okay. And so um, I'm interested in how you made the transition. So you decided that you wanted to, Uh, learn to become a yoga instructor. And tell me about the process.
0: Um, Well, I I went to India and I did a 200 hour training, which took about five weeks.
1: Mm.
0: And um, it was quite intense. Like it was, you know, same same kind of hours, 5 a.m. starts, you know, a lot of um, theory, philosophy throughout the day, About maybe four physical hours of yoga a day. Um, I loved it I just felt like uh, that was where I wanted to be and for for the first time in my life I I actually felt like these are my people you know felt like I fit in Um, so the process was quite rigorous but um, it was character building for sure Mm -hmm. and and then when I came home you know kind of fell into being a yoga teacher by accident. I did the training not really thinking, oh I'm going to change my career. I never thought that. Okay. And um, and then when I came home, I continued to work on film. I kind of started teaching friends and things like that and um and then one day I was driving to work and it was I don't know 4 4:30 four in the morning and it was a really um tiny country road and it was raining. Mm. so it was really dark I had my like full high beams on um just so I could could see because the visibility was poor and um I noticed up ahead of me I could see something blocking the road and it looked it kind of looked like a gate or something and I was like what is that and I started slamming the brakes but the closer I got to this thing the more I realized I'm not going to clear this I'm going to crash into whatever this is and um the closer I got to it I realized it was the underside of a car. <gasps> yeah, on this tiny country road and oh I and I crashed into it. Now not so bad that I was injured, but my car was pretty messed up. Um and immediately I thought that has to be someone from the makeup department because no one else is going to be on the road at this hour. Oh god. So I jumped out of the car and sure enough it was one of the girls I work with and um oh. you know she she'd, she'd crashed the car it was awful she was fine thank god but to me that was that was a massive sign to me yeah that there was literally something blocking my path it was the universe going you're going the wrong way mm. and at that moment on that day i was like i'm done i'm done with this career i mm-hmm. hate it i hate getting up so early this is dangerous people are crashing their cars cuz they're overtired um, and I just thought, you know what, this isn't for me. Um, and that was really the wake up call. And literally, I'd say within the coming weeks, I I kind of started working at a yoga studio and I got more and more work there. And it just fell into place. And I just never really worked on film again. I see.
2: Um, Did you ever consider any other options I guess when you wanted to leave your previous role like or did yoga just become something that you love and you knew that was one what you wanted to do full time
0: yeah it was it, it was never a conscious decision I don't want to do makeup anymore I mean I was always on in the film industry I was doing weddings on the side you know the odd time I do a shoot or whatever the, the rare time it would come up in Ireland but I never for a minute thought I don't want to be a makeup artist. I never thought that really. I was never consciously looking for another career path. And I just became really passionate about yoga. And at the same time, so disenfranchised with the industry I was working in and the conditions and the way people treated one another. And it just wasn't the kind of life I wanted to live. So when the car accident happened, it was just a natural progression. It was never premeditated. OK,
2: so you started off, I guess, like it sounded like you worked at some yoga studio somewhere. And then what was the journey like becoming your own owner of, you know, Lucy Bloom Yoga? What led you to feel like, OK, at this point, I'm ready to be on my own?
0: Um, Well, I still work for studios. Don't get me wrong. I uh, am my own company. I actually have two companies. So I have my own uh, yoga brand, Lucy Bloom Yoga. And I also run a retreat called The Yoga Feed with one of my best friends who's a chef. Um, and she also did a career change <laughs> for banking. So we were like, let's just start this company and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I guess the moment that we both thought we were ready was when we were feeling like the, the, the economy in Ireland has been Pretty bad over the last decade, and just now there's this new influx of young people starting businesses, doing these startups, and we just thought, look, we can do that. We can, we've got something of value to offer here, um, and we both kind of had a little bit of experience going out on our own, so we just kind of branded together and made this amazing retreat. And now all of our retreats are just um, consistently sold out. It's amazing. Um, and in terms of my own, my own brand and my own personal thing, it just felt like naturally the next step to take. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, yeah, I don't think there was ever a moment I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this. I was just like, I have to make this happen because I need an income. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. Okay. Um, and, and this is what I'm here to do. You know, I'm here to share this and be of service to people you know, and I knew I had something of value to offer. So it just made sense to me.
1: Mm, I see. What was the process like starting your own company, your own uh, Lucy Bloom Yoga? And then, um,
0: yeah, just um, in learning. Um, well, it was actually, it, it kind of fell into place quite easily. Uh, and often I think when when things fall into place easily, I often I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm going on the right path here. I'm mm. in the right direction. Mm. Um, I mean, I, it it mainly consisted of setting up a website um, and and finding a space to teach out of. And I found one down the street from me, and I started teaching classes out of there. And I still teach classes out of there to that to this day. And I started just running workshops and just basically covering classes wherever I could, going to as many classes as I could, doing as many trainings as I could, learning from other people, and. Um, and reading as many books as possible, um, in terms of setting up a business, it was quite straightforward. A Shopify account uh, to handle the financial end of it, and then just for me, just knowing what it was, uh, what what it was, I was all about in terms of um, just being a very uh, transparent brand. Um, you know, I I'm quite the the kind of classes I teach. I am quite. Um, I'm I'm traditional in a sense that I I believe in the lineage uh, and I really respect the lineage Um, and I think at the same time yoga has to adapt for westerners and for the modern world so I take all of those things into consideration and basically just try to help people be in their bodies you know um, so for me it was about getting the message out there. Uh Instagram's a good tool for doing that too and for connecting with people in the area and the community. And, you know, I I surely have reached a lot of people that way, I feel, in in the small kind of yoga community of Dublin. Um but yeah, it just I, I find it actually quite easy to to start out on my own. And it was just so nice because you could just do what you wanted. You didn't have to answer to anyone else okay
1: so um about the financial side of things when um did you have some savings from before to cover some cost when you first started or what was Mm -hmm. it like
0: no I had no money actually Mm -hmm. um uh, yeah I think when I was a makeup artist because I was freelance it was always a bit tricky with money because you know, you'd be working for a while, making loads of money, and then you wouldn't have work for ages. So you had mm-hmm. to make that money last. So I'd say going into the yoga world, I didn't really have much money at all. Any money I was making from makeup when I was doing the two jobs simultaneously, I was funneling into the yoga stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now, luckily, it, there wasn't massive expenses other than my training, which obviously I used my one of my makeup jobs to pay for the training, um, and. I, I think I was just—I was literally working in the makeup world to pay for my yoga habit, as it mm. were, and to pay to set up the business. But the business setup costs weren't um, extortionate, so it was—it was fairly reasonable.
1: Mm. Okay. And how did you find um, customers when you—you
0: know—yoga? Um, It—it takes a long time. It takes a—it takes, I'd say, at least a year. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, it was mainly friends, friends of friends. Um, you know, it's hard. You can't just put on a yoga class and expect it to be full. It takes time, and um, it takes a lot of um, putting yourself out there, um, but like any kind of promotion that you can do. But really, you just have to wait for it to happen. There's a certain amount of patience and humility, I think, that comes with that and you know i see a lot of new teachers nowadays who who are really excited and rearing to go and then they get going and can become a bit disheartened because it's very difficult to build a client base when you're fresh off the training Mm -hmm. Uh, so it did take a long time Um, and it was hard in the beginning it really was it was like oh god maybe i've made a big mistake um but you know I kind of tried to take the perspective of my my job here is to serve people and to help them Mm. and I know when I stick to that ethos and it's it's true and it's my truth I know that that that's the right place to come from it's not from a place of oh, God, I need more people because I need to make money. It was never really about that. And, and, you know, if you had smaller numbers in your classes, you could end up getting, you know, a bit disheartened. But really, that's just your ego. And at the end of the day, you need to put that aside because your job is there to help the people that have shown up. And eventually more people just start to come. People start talking, they bring friends, and it just naturally grows. Mm, I see. That's great. So um,
2: I, I feel like I might be maybe one of the like, very like 10% of the people that aren't like practicing yoga on a regular basis. Just yeah. I find it to be a little overwhelming for someone who doesn't know anything about it. Could you mm-hmm. maybe like, do like a yoga one-on-one? These are, you know, <laughs> different styles and, you know, like maybe share with us, like which particular style or like, sure um, I don't know. You, you went with, um, cause I think it just from looking at your website and your Instagram and you know everything you put online I feel like you have a very particular style that you follow that you're kind of like trying to differentiate from all the other mainstream ones that we see at least in the United yeah. States of California so okay well,
0: I think yeah look I think a lot of what yoga is has been misconstrued in so in terms of social media because people just think it's hand standing and standing on your head and it's so much more than that like basically the way the place I'm coming from with yoga you know yoga asana the word asana means a posture it's a it's a yoga pose essentially those exercises we do um they are only like they only make up one eighth of what the yoga philosophy covers so a yoga is actually a lifestyle it's a way of living your life um so there's kind of eight um Structures in which yogis live by asana being one of them, and the reason we perform these postures is to make the body strong and supple, so that we can sit for long periods in com comfortably, um, in meditation, um, and really for me, it's about transcending um your overactive mind and being in your body. Um, I I studied hatha yoga initially, um, and then I I went through a very peer a very um. Uh, involved period of of doing Ashtangi yoga, which is is quite a demanding series of postures. Um, it, it's probably the most athletic type of yoga. It was designed for young boys in India in order to, um, in order for them to use up their energy. <laughs> So it's quite demanding and physical. It's a very physical practice, but incredibly um, breath-led, breath-focused, and a, a real moving meditation. So I did that for a long time. And then um, in, in more in the last year or so, I've been become more interested in Tantra Yoga and the idea of everything is um, we should be open to everything. Um, you know i don't i don't believe in one particular style of yoga i think every style of yoga has its place um for different reasons you know restorative yoga for people who are trying to heal or need and i think a lot of people in this modern day need that kind of those slower styles of yoga like yin yoga or restorative yoga because we're just working crazy hours and we're constantly being stimulated by the media and by um by social media by people by advertising and we need to um we need to i think learn we need to learn how to calm down and how to relax yeah and i think a lot of people really struggle with that and i see it all the time in class like i see people sitting there fidgeting they can't they can't sit still for two minutes you know um because we're just used to being constantly stimulated so I think the kind of yoga I teach is is never just postural alignment. It's always breath work, meditation, philosophy, like why we do what we're doing um, and just trying to relate maybe ancient scripture to modern day life, because actually it's all really relatable, even though it was written thousands of years ago. Um, So I guess what I teach isn't any particular style. If you wanted to call it anything, it would probably be Hatha Vinyasa Yoga. But it's kind of a blend of everything I've learned so far. (laughs) I see.
1: Do you ever do you teach courses online? I know you have studio classes, but
0: Um, not yet. I mean, it it is something I've thought about. I think uh, in order to do that, I want to hone exactly what it is that I would offer um, before putting it out there. Um, so that would just take a little bit of consideration, but I'd never um, uh, never say never.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, that's great. Um, and I guess, yeah. what can ahead. you
1: tell us about the yoga
2: retreat? I have heard about it before, but not quite sure what it is, yeah, but I'm sure. very curious
0: okay so the retreat I run with my friend Alice it's called the yoga feed and it is a vegan it's a plant-based retreat and um we basically rent out different uh, we've only done it in Ireland so far we're looking to bring it abroad that's the next step but um we rent out beautiful places that we find um and we go down there for a weekend and we just it's, it's usually a group of between maybe 12 and 20 people, um, depending on the size of the, um, venue. And we do yoga, we do walks in nature. Alice does a cookery class. Um, and it's, it's just kind of a time for retreating, you know, um, taking a bit of time out from your mad nine to five, crazy kids, husband, whatever it is, you know, this mad world we're living in, which demands so much of people and just basically taking a step back. Um, it's an exercise it's an exercise in self-care, I suppose. Um, and we aim to just nourish people and and maybe get them to look within themselves instead of worrying about the external the whole time. because I think when people stop and they're able to look in, and sit quietly with themselves and they're given the space to do that. They always leave having shifted something. Um, And, uh, you know, having come to maybe some realizations about, okay, you know, it's actually so important that I do slow down and take care of myself.
1: Absolutely, I definitely agree, yes. And I think one thing about um, consistently practicing yoga is that um, once it becomes, an actual um, like like a habit that you do consistently, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. kind of feel that oh I can I can get myself to to get into a habit of doing this and it, this is actually mm-hmm. very beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's what I came to conclusion on my own when I started mm-hmm. to to do yoga more consistently. Um, I can't really um, my my work hours are kind of it changes you know on the day or the weekly basis so. I do I follow a lot of instructions online. That's why I ask, do you ever do any online courses? And I think they're really beneficial.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have really thought about it. And, you know, I remember we had kind of a snow in last year. Uh, the whole country was covered in snow and all studios were closed so okay. I did some Instagram live classes oh um I just put on the Instagram live and I just did I just taught some classes on there yeah. and I had loads of people like watching and and participating at home so I mean yeah it's 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 never something I would um rule out I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's a great idea yeah awesome
1: um so let me see so when you switched to yoga did you did you feel like it was difficult was was there anything hard about it or was it kind of natural and
0: not um no it felt easy it felt oh, okay. right it felt I, I felt at home I just mm. actually felt like I came home yeah oh
1: that's so nice
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> were you nervous yes.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I was so (laughs) nervous. Yeah. The first, the first few classes I taught, I was so nervous, Mm. but it's like anything, you know, the first Mm. time you do anything, of course, it's going to be nerve wracking. Um, and very quickly I, I became okay with being up in front of a room full of people. And I think one of the main thing, things I had to learn was you don't always know the answers and that's okay. Mm. Um, you know, you're not there to fix someone's life completely. You're just there to hold space for them and hope that maybe something you say or help them with resonates and can be of of kind of a benefit to their life in some way.
1: Wow. Okay. I need to, I think Angela, we both need to remember this line because this is very, this is very relevant to us. So we're kind of new in the, in this space. We kind of just dream of this idea that we want to start this blog and for myself i'm really interested in career changes because yeah um i kind of i mean i i've been in the same space for a while and a lot of people that are uh, so i work in the working biotech in the lab and yeah i saw some, your your bio yeah <laughs> yeah and, and some people like some, some of my colleagues um some of them you know tell you that oh if you want to switch switch early on and then, you know, go take classes and do other things. But for me, it has never, like, I've never really felt the desire to switch, but I think maybe it's, um, you know, being in the thirties or I've had some time to think about my career that I'm starting to think that should I switch, you know, what do I do next? And then, so, so that is kind of what started this whole journey of talking to people about how they changed their careers.
0: I think it's so interesting. It's such an interesting topic.
1: It is, yeah. And um, there's actually not a lot of people. I mean, some people are talking about it. I see it in um, in some, you know, like Instagram accounts or something or blogs online. But I think it's a topic that's uh, really worthy, you know, of some spotlight. But I think a lot of people um, they probably just don't spend too much time thinking about it. And they only think about it when they really feel like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm like really hating my job. I don't know what to do.
0: And then, but, um, but yeah, so, and I think, yeah, sorry. I, I I think as well, it's, it's, it does need to be spoken about because there's a lot of people on Instagram going quit your job if you hate it. Follow mm-hmm. your dreams, and yeah. yeah, absolutely follow your dreams i by all means i i I adhere to that, but as well, have a plan, you know, yeah, and know that people that have switched careers, like I know I did just say, yeah it was it was easy, it felt right, like obviously, I take that with a pinch of salt, it like as I said before, it was hard in the beginning, you know, it takes mm-hmm. a long time to build up you're starting from scratch, you're starting from square one, mm-hmm. and you know it's not going to be a walk in the park straight mm-hmm. away um if you're on the right path you kind of you do realize yeah okay this is where i'm supposed to be so i'm going to stick with it but you know i think there is there is some kind of mentality that just you know throw it all away everything will be fine it's like okay <laughs> don't make any hasty decisions you know yeah um, yeah
1: there's a lot of work that goes in, in the back uh in the background that you know prepares or Prepares you on this journey, so so yeah. I think it brought up a really good point that um, when you're starting out, when you're doing something new, you don't really need to be the expert of it, but you serve a different purpose, and other people will benefit from the things you are trying to help them with. And I think that's such a good point. I need to write it down, put it on the wall.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, glad yeah. something resonated. <laughs>
1: yeah 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 because I think about this every day I think like oh I'm you know not an expert in this area who am I to be telling people to switch their careers if they want to and figure but, it out
0: but but you know what you are a human being and mm-hmm. you have experience being a human being and yeah. as long as you're a human being we all have the same capacity to feel and experience the same things mm-hmm. and I think you know, humility is really important. It is important to go, I don't know everything on this, but like, I'm still going to talk about it because I'm a human and we can still open a discussion about it. Right. You know? So right. I don't think, yeah, it's imposter syndrome. You need to quiet down that voice. Mm, I agree. Thanks so mm-hmm. much. No worries. <laughs>
1: um, I am
2: curious I guess, um, learn a little bit more about the two companies that you have right now. So one you obviously own completely that's um the Mm -hmm. Lucy Bloom Yoga and then the Mm -hmm. Yoga Feed which is the one you it sounds like you co-own or co-found with your friend what is the difference in terms of like I guess day-to-day operations and dynamics you know like working on something completely your own and you're the only founder versus somebody or something that you have a co-founder that you're working with
0: Mm -hmm. well um for my own stuff um it's I mean, I kind of just work on autopilot because I I, like, as I said at the start of the podcast, I'm not very academic. I mean, I read a lot of books, but I was never like I'm going to sit down and study. I was never a studier. I was like, oh, like even when you sent me uh, a couple of things that you might ask, like Mm -hmm. I was like, I know I'm going to leave this till the last minute. And I actually spoke to my business partner before I spoke to you. And she was like, you're a natural speaker. She was like, you don't think about things. You just they're in your head and and they come out, you know, And, and that is how I operate. So when I'm doing my own work for my own company, it's just all very off the cuff. And it happens when it happens. And, you know, I'm very aware of the cycles, especially that women go through, you know, you know one day you're in a great mood and you're really productive and you get loads done and the next day everyone's pissing you off and that's just the nature of um well being human but mainly being a woman as well I think Mm -hmm. and I know when I when I'm in a mood where I know I'm going to get a lot done I just sit down and do it and I get in the zone and when I'm working with Alice um we're both very similar um, and it's, it's actually so nice to have someone to work with when you have been working on your own for a while. So we meet up every Tuesday And we have a meeting and we go over, like, so we both access the company email, the company bank accounts, everything like that. And we're in constant contact with one another. We basically live at the bottom of the road. She lives at the bottom of my road. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I go around there every Tuesday morning and we have a coffee and we talk about, right, what are we doing next? What have we got in the pipeline? Um, And actually it's a breath of fresh air because Alice has her own catering company on her own as well. And the two of us get to come together and it's like, oh, we have we have work friends. We have colleagues. <laughs> so actually, it's great. And, and uh, when we come together, we're, we're so on the same page. There's rarely any conflict um, ideas-wise. Like, we, we know what the vision is. And we just have always had a very clear idea. And um, it's always been quite uniform between the two of us.
1: Wow. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. Very lucky. <laughs> nice. Yeah,
1: so my sister and I also, it's kind of funny, we also meet on Tuesday, every Tuesday. Oh, no <laughs> way. After, yeah, but after <laughs> work. And we also just get some coffee, sometimes Starbucks, sometimes we just make some coffee at home because we both like coffee and we just kind of yeah. go over, you know, what's, what's on the plan, what's on the agenda today, blah, blah, blah. But I think we sometimes run into, um, we, we kind of have different visions sometimes and we kind of have to calibrate with each other. So it's, but it's definitely really nice to have somebody that's working on the same thing that you talk to so you have like a sounding board so you can mm-hmm. you know kind of have a second brain to think about the same problems mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. really nice
0: yeah it's actually really reassuring because sometimes mm-hmm. when you're on your own you're like ah I need someone's opinion on this yeah. and and when you've got a business partner it's like is are we doing this and yeah, you, yeah. you make a collective decision which is really nice yeah yeah mm. that's good do you um,
2: ever run into a situation where maybe you and your co-founder have, like, you know, difference in opinion when it comes to executing? Because we do have that quite often. Yeah. How do you guys usually work on that?
0: Yeah. you know what? I don't think it's ever happened. Like, we're both, <laughs> we're actually so similar, both in our character and in the vision. Like, we, we're we both kind of a bit scatty and chaotic and um in a good way. Like, we get stuff done, but... um like we wouldn't be the most organized of people, but like we're, we're real, you know? Um, And I think that's why it works. And we're very honest with one another. And I think if ever there's been an issue, um, you know, we're just very upfront and honest with one another and very understanding and we would never argue about something. I don't think there's ever been anything that we've disagreed on in terms of how are we going to do this? But I think there have been times when we've been like, maybe we should do this differently Mm -hmm. next time Mm -hmm. because it didn't work out that great last time. And it's never like, Oh, we're going to argue about this. It's like, okay, we learned something there. Cool. Let's move Mm -hmm. forward. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. And how long have you been working with Alice with the yoga feed? Um,
0: I'd say a year now, about a year. Okay. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And how often do you have the retreat? So we've run, we run two a year at the moment. And the aim is to get it up to four a year. So one each season. And we're going to start trying to do more smaller events around the city, which will be more like of a day retreat where you can do like, maybe two two hour workshop followed by a big sit-down meal, something like that. So we we kind of have a few things up our sleeve to expand that business. I
2: see. So would the retreat be a little bit too advanced for somebody who has no background or experience in yoga? Not at all. Asking for myself.
0: Actually, quite the opposite. I find that on retreat, uh, the majority of the people have less experience with yoga. I find that diehard yogis tend not to go on retreat, which is weird. Yeah, um, yeah they t- diehard yogis tend to go on trainings more so than retreat. And retreat tends to be just anyone and everyone. It's open level. Everyone's welcome. And usually the level in the room is quite different, which is just suit everyone and you know if you have been practicing longer there there will be challenges should you choose to take them and if you haven't been practicing as long you don't have to go there if you don't want to
1: Mm. okay Mm. and um how long has it been since you
0: started uh lucy bloom yoga um i think i started the brand three years ago um yeah so it's been a it's been a while but it's kind of it's kind of flourished quickly. It's bloomed, if you mm-hmm. will. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. How long did it take
1: after you started Lucy Bloom Yoga? Did you feel like this, you know, it's become easier, less
0: stressful, or you figure this out? Um, I'd say after you've taught maybe a couple of hundred classes. Wow. Yeah, it really, it takes that long just because... Okay. To know who you are as a teacher isn't mm. something which you are taught in training, you know. In training, it's it's really the very basic foundations. I mean, I'm still in so I'm I'm still in so much education all the time, learning from people who have far more experience than me. Um, a lot of the teachers I go to have been teaching for like minimum 15 years. Um, and I, I think that's really important that, you know, for me as a relatively new teacher you know in the grand scheme of things i i make sure that i'm always learning from people who have walked this path a lot longer than i have um and i know that i i'm still coming to realizations but i think the moment where i was really like okay this is getting easier was maybe 2 years into teaching i was mm. like okay i'm kind of finding my feet a little bit with this i know what i'm about now i know what i'm teaching um mm. But as I said, I'm always learning. I'm a student first. Mm, that's
1: great. I like the sentiment. Mm. Um, I think people that are willing and open or, you know, enjoy learning tend to have an easier time switching or being vulnerable, being in the spotlight. And yeah. they can convince themselves that, oh, this is okay. Everyone is always learning. It's good to learn.
0: So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that vulnerability is huge. So important. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: And it, I think it's amazing that you share that. You know, it took you a while to be like fully comfortable and feeling like you completely know what you're doing. I think it's very important. Sometimes we we or I sometimes feel like, oh, certain things are so hard. I don't think I can ever be ready for this. Maybe I won't do whatever. <laughs> but knowing yeah. that you know somebody has tried it, gone through it, and it also did take them a long time, kind of makes you feel like, okay, maybe if I just keep going, keep pushing
0: keep putting in the
2: hours you know one day I will get to that level as well so it's very reassuring thank you so much for sharing that
0: no worries and I actually really do believe that um you know there are still times when you're up in front of a class full of however many people and you're like oh god everyone's looking at me like I don't have the answers but really like that is just a voice in your head that means nothing and you have to just you really have to learn to quiet that voice down and go, no, I know that I have something valuable to share here. And you just have to keep reminding yourself of that, mm-hmm. I think.
1: Okay. Um, I'm interested in learning the first couple of classes you taught. Like, what were they like? Kind of walk me through that.
0: Oh God. Well, they were planned. Okay. First things first, they were planned. <laughs> um, I remember I, I planned every class. I think the first seven classes I taught were based on the chakra system. So the seven chakras within the body. So mm-hmm. I started from base chakra and worked up. So that took me through my first seven weeks. I was renting this hall out and um, I, it took me through my first seven classes. Wow. Um, and then after that, I was like, now what am I going to do? <laughs> And uh, I, I did it all, uh, all poses related to whatever chakra we're working on that week. Um, and I was, I, I think they probably had a lot going on because I just wanted to throw in everything I'd learned. Um, and, but I'd say they were good classes. Like, I don't know, I must ask some people who came to those classes, like, what did you think? But um, it's hard, I can't really remember uh, exactly what was involved in them but I do remember I based them on chakras and I was very nervous the first one but um once it was kind of the first one was over I was just on a high I -hmm. felt amazing and I was like yes this is great and um it's just like you know it's just a great feeling of accomplishment the -hmm. first few classes yeah Mm, I can see that Mm. (laughs) and they became less planned afterwards I never plan classes now um it's yeah a few of my students I I said it to one of my students recently I was like I don't plan really and my one of my students was like what she was like but your classes seem so planned I was like yeah I don't sometimes I'll have an idea in my head of where I want to go with the class Um, I always have a kind of vague idea but I never write out class plans anymore um I just find that so many times when you do that, you end up having to throw it out the window because the energy in the room isn't there or the level isn't right or, you know, people are tired or people are really energized. And mm-hmm. I tend to work off uh, the feedback I'm getting from my students more so than something premeditated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I work very much on an instinctual way, on an instinctual level. Yeah.
1: I see. Mm. Um, okay, so... I have a few questions coming up there. It's kind of, I, I feel like they're like the fun questions that you like to okay, ask. <laughs> right. Um, but it's kind of a thought, like a mental exercise that I like to take people through. Um, basically, so, you know, in the past you were a makeup artist and now you're a yoga teacher and you also run a, a business with your with, with your friend Alice. You have, you have a retreat going on twice a year. And you probably will expand that more in the future. So with all these experiences, you know, under your belt, what do you think you could do next? If you were to ever switch career again, what could that look like?
0: Oh, wow. That's a good question. (laughs) I have no idea. Um, I think because I'm so fresh in this career, it's hard to say. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love to be a writer. I mean, I've always written. I, I mean, I feel like one day I will write. I will you know publish something, and um, that's definitely in me and always has been inherently in me um i I love working with words and language and um I love writing I've always been writing ever since I can remember, and um you know I think that's a huge part of my soul as well, and I think with all the experiences I have had and whatever trajectory I'm going on, I think there'll definitely be a book in there somewhere at some point.
2: Um I wanted to ask what is I guess one of i guess your maybe like your favorite feedback from all the people who attended um, the retreat?
0: oh, so we did we actually did feedback forms and mm-hmm. um uh, there was I actually might have a testimonial right here on my phone. Let me just have a quick look um yeah, so we we always give them feedback forms on the last day, and we just kind of say to them, you know, are you happy for us to um are you happy for us to, to, to put this as a testimonial on the website or whatever? Mm -hmm. Um, And then we can use them just to kind of give an idea. And one of the ones we got on the last one said, she said, the generosity and richness of the thought put into this weekend was absolutely gorgeous. Mm. And that was just like, yeah we do put a part of ourselves into it, and um you know a lot of the those feedback forms were very personal to myself and alice and and it's just so nice that people recognize that generosity and the the soul the heart and soul that went into it because um yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's so unbelievably rewarding that it just doesn't feel like work it never feels like work um and I just I love working with her so much and I love working with the people who come on retreat and being able to hold that space for them so that they can they can be held. Because a lot of the time they're holding up up everyone else and it's just a space for them to just allow allow themselves to completely relax. And um, I think when people move into that space, they can be vulnerable and it's really healthy vulnerability that they're accessing. Um, So when when I see uh, people having those experiences and also the people who come on retreat who've never met before, when I see these people bonding towards the end of the weekend uh, with complete strangers who they didn't know before and really just being quite intimate and and sharing, um, you know, that for me is, you know, it really is life-changing it really made me on the last retreat in particular it really made me think that I this is what I'm here to do yeah for sure
1: that's amazing it's amazing when you find your calling and people recognize that that you're providing so much benefit in their lives
0: yeah I mean it's and it's such an honor to be able to do that for people Mm -hmm. really it is
1: well, thanks so much for talking to us today. I think that's all of our questions. Thanks, okay. so yeah. well. awesome. yeah. thanks so much. That's it for this episode and thank you for listening. If you enjoyed our episode, the best way to support us is to subscribe and rate our podcast. Stop by our blog and Instagram for more content. We are always looking to talk to people who have made career changes So if you would like to share your story, please contact us at workinprogressblocks at gmail.com. Thank
0: you.